the other big thing that students talked about when they got on to me was the idea, the sort of misunderstanding about what leadership actually was. Yeah, uh-huh. I fell into that trap as well because, as I said, the 150 Leaders Programme was about when I was in my first year of in university and I thought, like, I'm not in a hierarchical position where I can be a leader, so what is this all about? But I think it's about having that understanding um, about the difference between leadership and management, isn't it? You know, you can, the further up you go, you're probably more of a manager, but leadership happens at all levels, regardless of hierarchical status. Yeah, I um, revised this particularly because it was such a thing for the for the, for the uh, nursing students when they talked to me. And the sort of simple way to sort of differentiate is knowing about the difference between doing things right and doing doing the right things. It's okay. not as simple as that because leadership and management get really murky, you know, when it comes to things like managing a ward. Mm-hmm. You want to do things right. There's order. There's a there's well, there's always several ways to do everything, but generally, um, you're working in a in a very um, defined way. Whereas leadership is more about change and movement and setting direction and things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. which is something like that leaders in practice would do. People nurses in practice would do mm-hmm. anyway, and students as well. I've seen lots and lots of students, very values driven students who want things to change, who want Mm -hmm. to set direction. And then I've seen other students who talk about even putting on your uniform correctly and being Being a role role model. model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's so true. And I I think you kind of see it, I think, as, as nursing students, I've seen they turn up on to their placement impeccably dressed with the uniform, but then I've seen some registered nurses who've got their hair past their neck and they've got nail polish on and and I think gosh what sort of role model are we being for the new generation of nursing students that are coming on to the floor oh yeah and and there was there was another nursing student who said to me when I talked to her about what is what is leadership she told me that as soon as she put her uniform on as a nursing student she realized that she was being being a leader for um her patients and that you know if she if she's going to advise the patient support the patient then that was the she saw that as a leadership role as well so Mm -hmm. even at the um, most what you might say modest level leadership occurs at every single level Mm -hmm. in the system there's a lot about that in the long-term plan NHS long-term plan and other documents in the NHS right now which Mm -hmm. is about that distributive leadership Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I really like that approach, the sort of, you know, person in charge and uh, they're high up the ladder. It's sort of disintegrating. Well, that's what the uh, national <laughs> strategy is. I don't know what, what you see, see at practice level, but that's that sounds right to me. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, in the Francis report um, after the mid-staff had said that leadership was one of the main reasons that it happened because there wasn't good leadership there and it caused a lot of the the issues that were happening and I think the issue comes because we might have a lot of managers but not a lot of managers that can lead. Yes and of course that's been addressed for uh, the registered nurse population um, Mm -hmm. and and managers through the the national leadership framework that's been Mm -hmm. going for many many years and 
I remember as a as a manager having a 360 degree feedback mm-hmm. against that framework, which is a bit of an experience. Um, <laughs> but I was glad I was glad I did it. But you know, um, one of the key academics in this field is Michael West. And he, in a video, talks about if you pass a trolley in a corridor with a with a patient whose blanket has slipped off them and they're, and they're cold, uh, picking up the blanket, tucking it round them, and then going to explain what's happened to the prop, fit and proper person, even at that level, is distributive leadership. Because mm-hmm. we as nursing students, registered nurses, we are the closest to what's actually happening and we should we should be valued for that and also what struck me was that nursing students today aren't like I was at 18 who knew nothing about the world Um, most often they come into nursing now with um, a lot of experience and Mm -hmm. uh, they have that sort of um, fresh eyes approach And I do feel that there's a lot of fear being put into nursing students around what they're going to experience and what they don't know. And what I want to say through my book is that that there's a lot of stuff that students do know and a lot of experience that they can give. And don't forget it. Yeah, I think um, I think for me, this is a second career. I was an accountant before I came into nursing and I had so many transferable skills that I didn't quite recognise. But I think as I the further I went through my training, you know, like I was able to kind of understand the pressures that maybe management are having in terms of budgets and, you know, like cost savings and things like that. So I think it is important that I think it's important for clinical staff to appreciate that people maybe aren't fresh from university and that eh, sorry, fresh from school and we do have positives that we can bring to um, that area yeah I totally totally agree with that but the nervousness sort of extends to networking mm-hmm. as well quite a few of the students I talked to talked about that experience of 150 leaders being mm-hmm. part of a national program to support mm-hmm. leadership in undergraduate in the undergraduate population and being in a room with lots of other seemingly self-confident not always <laughs> a lot of mine is an act by the way Natalie I hate to tell you this <laughs> <laughs> I had hopes and aspirations of, of this confidence issue going away <laughs> no actually most of what I do is an, is a, an impression of my father who is a bit of a character who's real extrovert but that sort of how do you how do you network how do you ask that question when you think it's going to be really stupid yeah, and that's that's something that I've I've not been able to crack at all. I think um, Twitter, as we spoke about at the beginning, has been wonderful for networking. I think it's easy to hide behind a screen and be a bit more confident that way, but face-to-face is a lot harder. And I think particularly with with the pandemic um you know it's with big well for me particularly I've become a lot more insular and that um I'm not too keen to go out there and network but from my experiences on Twitter if it hadn't been for networking on that I would never have met you and I would never have had this opportunity and as such I would never have been able to um being approached by Elsevier to write the next book that I'm involved in so there's so many benefits that it brings but also sharing ideas is what I love because 
we can get quite fixed in our mindset that things must be done a certain way but but through but networking and like speaking with other people we kind of change that mindset and we can see things from different angles we can come up we can be collaborative and have better ideas when we work together so but as I said I've not kind of mastered that confidence on an elevator pitch so to speak when I meet somebody new I don't like it at all (laughs) (laughs) so well I also interviewed academics for the book and the academics had quite a lot to say about this experience of networking and uh, their advice was to start networking with your peers. You know, you, mm-hmm. you are drawn to be with other students and years, you know, your your um, the number of students in a, a particular cohort is very large. You know, mine was about yeah. 30 people and, you know, I knew them very well and it just mm-hmm. seemed to be that way. So networking with your fellow students, approaching somebody you don't know, start a conversation, then extend it maybe mm-hmm. ask to go to networking events mm-hmm. and so I explain in some detail about how to how to go about approaching people mm-hmm. remembering to use their name supporting being really helpful at events and starting conversations in queues using people remembering and using people's names and then when you've heard something the educationalist was saying well why don't you start a conversation with this is what I heard this is what I liked and uh, this is what it meant to me. What do you think? So oh, that's really you know, good. That's, to have a, a sort of framework to start a yeah. conversation with, I thought from from those academics was really helpful. You know, because it's basically you're doing your own reflexive practice with yep. mm-hmm. with with somebody else. I am known, by the way, Natalie. <laughs> Within the Queen's Nursing Institute, and I'll go to their national conference. And when when they say, "Does anybody have any questions?" Usually, <laughs> are you that person, Heather? <laughs> as, to, as to whether it's Heather that's going to be the person to ask the first question, <laughs> um, because asking that first question or asking any question at a big event is a huge deal. Yeah, it really is. And you have to screw up your courage. I mean, I usually use it to be disruptive because I am a bit of a disruptive (laughs) leader. (laughs) And make it to the point. Don't make it a speech because that's really annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, have your question ready and off off you go. And then that that sort of working outside your comfort zone is is real, I I think. So that that would be my top tip. Um, from me and then there's influencing because there's a lot of students doing a lot of influencing so influencing skills mm-hmm. um, came mm-hmm. across so I don't know because obviously you've you've been part of we student nurse and are still very um you're still influencing particularly around um self-rostering aren't you that's been a thing yeah, uh-huh. and even now there's a registered nurse, it's, it's even worse <laughs> trying to get a roster in advance. So, so yeah, that, that and I, I don't know if it's because I've got children or if it's because this is a second career, but one of the first things that kind of stood out to me when I started my training was how we're at the mercy of the people that, that we're going into clinical practice with. And quite often the response is, you know, just turn up on the first day and we'll sort your shifts out then. And, um, and I thought, you know, this isn't actually quite fair I've got other commitments and you know I've got children I I was a carer for both my uncles at the time and I needed to to fit those things around my placement 
and I'd spoken with um, a peer at the time and I, and I said is this is this right because she was further further up than I was and she said yeah it's just something you're going to have to accept and get used to and I thought well that's like the whole um, well this is the way it's always been done so if we if we don't take if we all take that attitude we're not going to progress so through We Student Nurses I one day I, it was my day on the account and I ran a poll just to kind of see how people felt and to hear people's stories and narratives around what happened for them and it made me feel that you know what this wasn't an issue that I was on my own about and it's something that for me is quite simple to fix um you know student nurses we don't have that that kind of mandatory 40% to spend with the old mentor system that we had. It's now practice assessors and supervisors and the NMC state that we can work with any registered nurse. So why why are we at this kind of, you have to wait for those shifts? So we did a big piece of work and and it was evident that so many people wanted to have a self-rostering system, but it's just able to get that um, out there. And I wrote a few articles for the Nursing Standard and, and they got such good response as well. So there's a hunger there for it and um, even for registered staff there's there's articles out there about um about the benefits that it can bring for staff it creates a better work-life balance it it reduces burnout stress it also increases retention and recruitment which we know is a huge issue especially within nursing at the moment so there's an evidence base out there it's, it's getting processes or getting somebody to pilot it is it's the issue yeah, and that brings me to our conversation, which was about how to approach it. I introduced you to NHS employers. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember to discuss the idea of self, self-rostering. And I remember um, saying to you that very point was putting yourself in the shoes of the people that you're speaking to and thinking about what it is that they want yeah. and mm-hmm. seeing how your idea can make life better for them and I think in terms of lobbying um, Mm -hmm. and trying to change things my top tip is to put yourself in the other person's shoes and Mm -hmm. you were talking about the evidence base for why an employer Mm -hmm. would want to self to introduce self-rostering to improve the well-being and particularly the mental health of their Mm -hmm. employees their students and mm-hmm. uh, the, the students' families, because it's not just about us; it's who who we support at home as well. And um, there's a lot of quite a large dropout rate amongst nursing students, isn't there? And I think one of the reasons might be that they don't know when they're going to be on shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's so simple. I mean, you know, like you're, you should know when you're going to be working. Um, or when you're going to be in placement you know like people have as much as for a lot of us nursing becomes our be all and end all but we still need to have a private life we need still need to have in time for ourselves to kind of look after ourselves and our social health our physical health our mental health so for me I was just blown away with, with that was the way that things worked yeah and and I think it's about you mentioned the you know the elevator pitch thing mm. you know to have that compelling vision and why that person should listen to you because quite often you've only got those few minutes mm-hmm. um to explain your your case and um you know why is this happening and um what's happening why is it happening how can it be changed what are the costs because if you're talking to say management they want to know what's the cost benefit which is sort of an alien yeah. quite often to, <laughs> to nursing students, but cost 
time resources Mm -hmm. we have to think about those things and be clear about them as we as we talk to people yeah so and I always love I know it's really 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 old 1930s this Natalie but I don't know whether I've said to you when I read the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie that book there's about 10 points in it and even though it's really really old Mm -hmm. it's very relevant so one of the first thing he says is the sweetest sound anybody can make is somebody's name Mm -hmm. and remembering their name well let's talk about that with nursing students (laughs) well (laughs) yeah apparently we're we're, we're known quite often or be answered to the students (laughs) and that's so disrespectful you know so even back in the 1930s Dale, Dale Carnegie was was writing about that so remembering Mm -hmm. and using people's names and then listening so I explained to you about my revelation again uh, Mm -hmm. interviewing all of you and the benefits of allowing people to talk Mm -hmm. you know I'm the daughter of a salesman so sometimes you can't get away (laughs) in edgeways but shutting up and allowing the other person to talk about what you may have introduced or what what in, in my case what you what you're here for and he also talks about your own mistakes before bringing up other people's mistakes. So I'm, I'm usually quite open. And you'll see in the book about my my varying mistakes <laughs> <laughs> and what I learned from them. And people are much more open then to maybe yeah. have a little bit of feedback on how they're going. But yeah. Joy does a really lovely video um, talking about... Um, when she was once on placement and she was giving an IM injection and the nurse that she was working with had kind of reprimanded her for using, I think she was using a Z-track technique and the the nurse that she was working with saying that she had to aspirate um, and because Joy had looked at the evidence base, she knew that that was, that was not the right practice to have so she had to have that difficult conversation. She also then had to kind of escalate that to the right people to say that this other person's practice wasn't the most recent and relevant to the her patients and I think if, if you get a chance to watch it it's really nice the way she comes across and what she does is really really good because I think it's especially when the, the power dynamics in bringing a nursing student is so difficult to manage because you're told that you have to challenge practice that isn't the right way of doing things but equally you passing that placement is at the laurels of the people that you're working with. So if you become a boat rocker, instantly you don't want to, as we spoke about, people don't necessarily like criticism. So how is that going to impact your overall grade? And it's about being brave and being authentic and knowing your own morals and values as a person to be able to then challenge respectfully something that's maybe not been done the right way. Yes, of course, there's a lot written in the book based on the experience of others, particularly, because I find it quite difficult to challenge others as well. It's about challenging not the person, but the Mm behaviour. Yeah. And and if it's about you, about explaining how you feel rather Mm -hmm. than talking about the person in front of you, you know, when you do this, it made me feel it would be much better if, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's something that might be interpersonal. But also there are examples in the book where students or newly newly registered nurses have been taught to disrespectfully and mm-hmm. how to actually call people to you the right environment 
um, having a mediator if you you need to have a mediator, doing that thing about being able to state your position objectively without attacking the other person Mm -hmm. and suggesting a way forward and linking it into the organisation's objectives, the the quality Mm -hmm. um uh, standards or whatever it is or bringing bringing the evidence forward Mm -hmm. um and for for nursing students sometimes they may need the support of a of a mentor or a practice supervisor to do some of this Mm -hmm. Um, but there are a range of techniques in the book to to help people to do that yeah Mm -hmm. it is extremely difficult but what happens if you don't yeah that's true the standard that you walk past is a standard that you allow isn't it so it's about thinking about the bigger picture. That's it. Are there any final points from from you, Natalie, in terms of either the process we went through or the sort of leadership issues? Yeah, I think um, I think for me, for I I would love for all nurse uh, all students healthcare related to have an awareness that they can be leaders, and for me, it's fundamentally about knowing yourself and using that asset your assets to the to provide for the bigger picture I think but being comfortable with being uncomfortable and um, you know knowing to step out your comfort zone because good things never happen there I feel like I'm a, I've just reeled off about 10 different cliches in that two minute sentence there but yeah I, I just think I think students can bring so much to the table and I think not only do students need to recognise that, but registered professionals need to recognise it as well and involve them in the decision making or involve them, ask their opinion, and that will make them feel valued as well. I'd totally echo that. The thing that I want to say is that there isn't any hierarchy between leadership and management and mm-hmm. that both are needed in uh, health and care settings in order to be successful and there is a grey area around leadership and management and that's okay too Uh, but you know the thing about uh, can I be a leader Uh, am I a leader I think the answer is for for nursing students everywhere you are whether you like Mm -hmm. it or not it's not necessarily being in charge there are different models like servant leadership where you're mm-hmm. there to enable, you know, yeah. Simon Sinek talks about not being in charge, but about mm-hmm. supporting the people in your charge. And if a nursing yeah. student doesn't do that, then to me, they're not nursing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, it's about, you know, your patients. And also, if you're maybe a third year student, you could still be leading or managing a, a first year student because these things happen when you're out in the ward. So, or out in clinical placement, whatever that may be. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for doing this podcast with me. I don't see you often enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that's what happens when you live at other ends of the country. But no, I just wanted to say thank you for writing this book and thank you on behalf of all the nursing students out there and health other healthcare professionals that will no doubt gain so much as I said I've seen little snippets of it so far and it's it's fantastic your knowledge is is incredible <laughs> I think how do you retain all this information well well I don't I write it down that's the answer to that <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but thank you it's been a pleasure working together I uh, hope that inspires yeah. people to develop their leadership skills and to see nursing students as people with assets strengths and skills that can be utilized in leadership <laughs>